0: The Denver Broncos wrap up the 2023 NFL season with a disappointing loss, an uninspiring loss on the road to the Las Vegas Raiders. We lay out what happened and what's next for this Broncos team after they finish eight and nine on the year. Going to get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The season that was has officially come to an end after Sunday. The Denver Broncos lose 27-14 to the Las Vegas Raiders in a road finale to close out the year in disappointing fashion. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever You get your podcast. Just a reminder, even though that the Broncos season is officially over, we have you covered every single day, including throughout the entire offseason here, locked on Broncos, because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside by Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, excuse my voice here. I'm still recovering from COVID, my friend here. Unfortunately, the Broncos, we're doing a post-game victory loss podcast here covering the Broncos, Uh, disappointing finish on Sunday. I mean, overall, you and I were talking before we even started recording. It's just this game overall, it it felt very uninspiring from start to finish, which is a little disappointing because, you know, we talked about in the pregame leading up to, hey, Denver's got a chance to finish with their first winning season for the first time since 2016. They just couldn't find a way to do it against a very aggressive and tough Raiders team that brought it to them, led by their interim coach, Antonio Pierce.
1: Yeah, Antonio Pierce has done a tremendous job of really resetting the culture there for that organization. And I think a lot of kudos are owed to Thomas Graham, the defensive coordinator as well, who's really done a great job of turning that unit around. And the Raiders have been much, much better defensively in the second half of the season than we saw in the first half, even in that first game where they played against Denver and it was a low-scoring game, I think that that defense really took a turn. And Thomas Graham, one of the more underrated, I think, defensive coordinators in the game, going to be fascinating to see what now happens with that organization. But, of course, their success in Week 18 came at the expense of the Broncos' project with Jarrett Stidham, right? Because he wanted to get two games with Jarrett Stidham out there, see what he could do. And unfortunately, it ended up being the first game all season, Cody, where the starting five on the offensive line did not include one of the original five, right? Mike McGlinchy placed on IR before the game, so he didn't end up playing. Cam Fleming started, and that was kind of a source of uh, a problematic area for the Denver Broncos, as we've come to expect against Max Crosby and the Raiders.
0: Well, I mean, Max Crosby, as we all know, he is he's one of the most dominant players in the NFL. And against the Broncos, he just continues to have a sack streak going against them. And look, I, I want to make this very clear. My my main takeaway here from Sunday's game for Denver's offense, I don't think it, it didn't matter if it was Jarrett Stedemick quarterback, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, did they, there was not going to be success overall for Denver because that pressure by Patrick Graham's defensive play design, you have obviously Koontz on the outside, you have Crosby, you have pressure on the interior, you got guys blitzing from the nickel. I mean, they sent a lot of pressure after Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham was sacked five times in his game and he was hit a total of 11 times, pressured nine times. I mean, there were times where even just the presence of Max Crosby at times coming free off of the right side where Cam Fleming just simply couldn't kick step. To even leverage against him and all of a sudden stidham was had to step up but i thought stidham actually made a couple of plays too despite some pressure i thought he was able to maneuver outside the pocket on a couple of plays there but man it was not ideal and max crosby kind of just had his way with cam fleming and what i think baffled me a little bit more and this wasn't just on cam fleming the entire offensive line for denver got punked. sean payton started after the game we got beat up front he was very disappointed about it They had a lot of success doing it. But what disappointed me about this is that there were times where the Broncos just said, you know what, we are comfortable, we are confident in Cam Fleming just going one-on-one against Max Crosby. That was a complete 360 from the game plan we saw in that week one game that they had here in Denver.
1: Yeah. And it felt like there was a couple of times where Max Crosby wasn't even blocked and maybe that was just him beating Cam Fleming that badly. But I felt like there was a couple of plays where the Broncos either forgot to scheme for him or somebody missed their assignment or whatever, but you obviously can't have that. And I guess as far as evaluating the offense, which we were kind of approaching this game like a preseason game, right? You're, you're watching individual plays. You're watching sequences. You're watching, Hey, how did he bounce back after this drive? Like, The win and the loss, yeah, it it matters. Ultimately, you want to have a winning season and maybe you wanted the draft position, but ultimately you're trying to evaluate these guys. And I think we saw Jarrett Siddham step up. And like you said, he made some really big throws to Jerry Judy in this game, Brandon Johnson as well. We saw that pattern over the middle of the field with, uh, oh, oh, my gosh. Why am I? Adam Troutman? Adam Troutman had a great <laughs> play over the middle of the field. We saw some. Yeah, I mean, I can't even believe it. My mind can't even be wrapped around it, Cody, because Adam Troutman was out there getting some yak. So it was really nice to see some of those things. But ultimately, in two games, I mean, you said you wanted a spark offensively. You got 30 total points, and that's ultimately not what Sean Payton was looking for.
0: No, the offense, I mean, like I said, there was a lot to be desired. You mentioned a couple of plays, more yard after the catch opportunities to the guys you mentioned, Jerry Judy. He had a touchdown. I thought he had a really terrific play there to give Denver, obviously, to tie the game up 7-7 early on in the onset here. But once again, some of the same struggles we talk about, third down for Denver. They were 4 of 12, and they had a lot of situations where they were third and long, third and 10-plus in this game. And that's not a recipe for success, though. They did convert one of them third, and I think it was like third and 16 And then they found Marvin Mims. He got 17 yards on one play. So, I mean, there were some things that they did well, but overall, when you, you know, it's like baking a pie, right? You get all the ingredients, but, you know, some of the ingredients are bad. It didn't, it didn't lead to a very good product here for Denver. And unfortunately, I think part of that, Sarah, once again, we talked about it. And this has been an issue for them consistently all throughout the season. A lack of a sustainable run game. Javante Williams, unfortunately, couldn't get a lot going. 3.6 3.6 yards per carry. He did have a touchdown in the game to cut that Raiders deficit from what it was a big advantage to a little bit. Okay, hey, now it's a one, you know, two possession game at this point. But then obviously you lose Jalil McLaughlin. He, he le- leaves the game with a concussion. And you have to rely on Javante getting nine carries. Samaje, the next guy, three carries. Jalil had four carries in this game. That right there, I mean, you don't have a run game, Sarah. You're not going to win in the NFL. And I, I don't know what Denver's going to have to do to get back to that. I don't know what changes they're going to have to make, but that was an issue why they also lost this game as well, is they they couldn't run the football.
1: Right, and they, like you said, they need to be able to do that in order for this offense to have success. So is it a running back personnel issue? Is it offensive line? Is it just the lack of true threat in terms of pass protection i mean the team teams are daring you to throw like what is it exactly it's going to be fascinating to see how they orchestrate the offseason based on that right because yeah Mm -hmm. I, i don't think the offensive line you know really played up to the level that we expected with a big money free agent on one side and then you know garrett Bowles on the other who's also getting paid a lot of money and quinn miners who a lot of people say he's the best guard in football. Then you got Ben Powers, who's paid a lot of money, and Lloyd Cushenberry, former third-round pick. So there's a lot of expectations on those guys. Did they live up to them in Sean Payton's eyes? Going to be fascinating to see, once again, how do they orchestrate this offseason? What do they prioritize? What cuts are they willing to make? What coaching changes are made? It's going to be, I think it's going to be another wild one, Cody. I, I think you and I, we didn't sign up for it, but we get, you get know, crazy offseason after crazy offseason on this show.
0: No, we do, man. And, and look, I want to make one thing very, very clear here, because the, the, once the game ended, I already saw the tweets. Oh, yeah, now the Broncos could focus on their drafting a quarterback in the future. Well, let's hope that Denver's got a really good plan in place for protecting that guy, because like I said, it didn't matter if it was Russ, Jarrett Stidham, anybody at quarterback. Like, the protection issues and the pressure that we saw on Sunday are a real legitimate issue for this team, and you expect a rookie to step up and face that same thing and excel It's very unrealistic here going forward. So Denver's going to have to put a really good plan in place. And we'll figure that out. What does Sean Payton have planned for the offseason? He'll tell us sometime this week when we do get a chance to meet with him here. But the Broncos defense had one final task going against Devontae Adams and also Aiden O'Connell and Zamir White this past week, obviously on Sunday. And the task was, could they find a way to get stops and get takeaways? They weren't able to do that, and the Raiders were able to carve them up. We'll talk about the Broncos defensive performance here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate. Within 24 hours, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So make sure you achieve your goals here in 2024 with the right team member. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free terms
1: and conditions apply. The Denver Broncos 2023-2024 season ended, unfortunately, a lot like it started with the Raiders kind of bleeding them out offensively, and the Denver Broncos defense proving to not quite be up to the task, and we're going to break down their defensive performance against the Raiders and what it could mean or the future in terms of maybe some personnel changes, maybe some needs going forward. But before we go there, I wanna say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day, free and available anywhere that you get podcasts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where it's always your team every day. And you know that you can find us on YouTube as well, where you can engage in the comment section and let us know your thoughts now that the season is over. What were your thoughts on this game? What are your thoughts going forward Let us know. We appreciate every single one of you for rocking with us. Cody, defensively for the Denver Broncos in this game, of course, not quite exactly the same as it was in week one, but pretty similar in a lot of ways, right? The Raiders kind of bleeding the Broncos out with the running game, quarterback stepping up and making a lot of big throws. Unfortunately, it happened to be their second unit, a lot of these guys. So break down this defensive performance for us. Give me your thoughts on where it went wrong for Denver.
0: Well, you mentioned something. You said something at the beginning here saying bleed it out. It made me think of the Lincoln Lincoln uh, Park song, you know, bleed it out, digging deeper just to throw it away. I mean, that's really what Denver's defense did. I mean, they had moments where, okay, hey, they get some stops, but then all of a sudden they're they're getting gashed on some chunk plays. And look, we even talked about that. Like Denver's defense this year, they've been one of the best teams on third down. This was one of their worst games of the season on third down, allowing the the Raiders to convert seven of 13 opportunities a first down and then you mentioned there's some second down plays, some first down plays where they give him some chunk yardage some explosives I would really say to be honest with you the downfall of Denver's defense in this game specifically Sarah I'd have to go it's before halftime Riley Dixon nails an absolutely beautiful punt that goes down and gets pinned down at the two yard line right okay so wait hey, 98 yards to drive and then Fabian Moreau has a really really rough series where he gets gashed for 47 yards eyes in the backfield turns the wrong way, fails to get in phase and is trailing. You have 47 yard catch there. And then the Raiders go on. They find themselves a way to score right before half. And then they get the ball coming out of half. And that right there, I think really kind of drove a wedge. And I think Denver's defense for the most part was playing pretty well up into that. Hey, 98 yard drive there. That to me, I think was the turning point of this game there. Um, you talk about the run game. They just couldn't find a way. No Josh Jacobs in this game, right? They did a really good job in that first matchup, holding him to under 50 yards rushing. But Zamir White, as we talked about a guy, when we were talking about the NFL draft process a couple of years ago, you and I were talking about, hey, we like Zamir White. Can we maybe get him in a Broncos uniform? I remember some of the mock drafts that we had there. He went for over 100 yards. He had more rushing yards in this game than Denver had rushing yards in totality. And that was a huge issue. So I would say, hey, the things that Denver has struggled with, I think being on the field way too long, chunk plays in in, in inopportune times for them. And just getting gashed in the run. Some of the things that hurt them early on in this season, Sarah, really kind of culminated here in Sunday's season finale, though, in my opinion, I'm not going to place a ton of blame this year, really on Denver's defense. They were really bad in the beginning part of the season. They, they held their own for a good part of the middle half of the season here. And then I think really what we saw was okay, hey, when Denver's defense has made plays, the offense hasn't been able to capitalize. And in the times where Denver's defense made plays in this game here on Sunday, Denver's offense couldn't really do anything to reward them. So it's just kind of same old, same old here in Broncos country. Unfortunately, as the Broncos lose here in their season finale.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the wheels kind of came off against the Detroit Lions, and then you mixed in a couple of games against the Chargers in there where, I mean, the Chargers are, I mean, what do you really say about those? I mean, you had to go out there and play those games, right? But I can't, the the defense for the Broncos, Cody, has has kind of come full circle in a lot of ways right I mean early in the season what was the struggle it was a lot of missed tackles and a lot of ugly stuff out there just like you said with Fabian Moreau just being in bad position not getting in phase not sticking with his guy not playing fundamentals that's what got him playing time over Damari Mathis in the first place we thought so I mean you see guys give up big plays and then you see missed tackles on the back end of coverage you see Jacoby Myers he's going to try to throw a touchdown pass from five or six yards out all of a sudden he breaks back the other way and just has an open lane to i mean there was just it just feels like this this defense took a major step back after that detroit game where you couldn't really rely on them like you could for that eight game stretch from the chiefs game in week six on thursday night even in a loss all the way forward into that winning streak kind of coming to a close so It feels like the defense, I don't know, this this may be a hot take, we'll have plenty of time to discuss it, Cody, but I'm going to be interested to see, does does Vance Joseph keep his job after this season? You evaluate on the whole, right? So was that stretch of eight or nine weeks enough for him to keep his job going forward? I think that's going to be a fascinating element of this offseason to watch.
0: Yeah, this is going to be – I expect chaos this offseason. I mean, I don't expect it to be smooth sailing. I expect there to be some shocking change, some change that might be provocative in a sense that makes Broncos fans angry at first but could be something that could be good for them down the road. Like, we don't know any of this. And I thought Sean Payton actually had some good thoughts after the game. You know, he he didn't say he's like, I'm not discouraged, you know, disappointed, right? And he said, this isn't the industry to get in, because if that's the case, you get discouraged in this industry, it's going to be a long trek and no one's going to feel sorry for you, right? But I think overall, it's like, okay, what can we take away from this game defensively? I, I Look, we got to see Nick Benito get a sack and obviously bumped his sack total up to eight. Nick's had a great season. Um, you look at Baron Brown and getting a sack. It was great to see him get in the mix a little bit. We saw some Riley Moss on the outside of corner sometimes in this game, which, you know, hey, it's nice to get a look at him. Obviously, he's emerged a little bit into one of Denver's key special teams guys. And we even saw a little bit of JL Skinner and some of the Broncos' different personnel packages because Delarian Turner-Yale obviously is on injured reserve we got to see him get a couple of defensive snaps here. Nothing really to say, okay, hey, we can evaluate this thing. But overall, the same things, you know, Denver struggling against teams that are very effective at power running, right? That power finesse style of running has hurt Denver. goes back to that Detroit game that you talked about there and goes back into other games scattered out throughout the entire season. What is Denver's answer to that? Is it a scheme change? Like, is is that something that maybe Denver's going to be on the – the horizon could they maybe transition to a four three versus a three four you know predominantly nickel package there i i don't know where, where things are at with that but denver's gonna have to find a way because here's the thing when when denver's offense is struggling and they're not able to run the ball and denver's defense is struggling to stop play or the opposing offense from running the football denver's not there there it's a recipe for losing right on both sides and when you you have that dynamic where it's on offense and defense where some element of the run game is killing you, you are in trouble and you don't like Denver hasn't had an answer for that this year. To me, I'm very curious to see where they go from here in that department, Sarah.
1: And a lot of personnel changes likely coming. I mean, I was kind of thinking about it over the course of the game. I mean, the defensive line was just getting blasted off the ball. I saw, unfortunately, hate to call him out by name, but I did see Jonathan Harris get knocked on his back at one point on a chip. And so you see things like that over the course of the season. And you're like, all right, Broncos do need to get tougher in the trenches they got tough decisions coming with guys like DJ Jones right who's in the final year of his contract no guaranteed money left Mike Purcell is a free agent Josie Jewell is a free agent you're probably not bringing back Fabian Moreau who starts next to Justin Simmons at safety so a lot of starters in the secondary are are question marks right now as as not just whether or not they're going to come back but if they don't Who's going to replace them and and what defense are you going to run so like you said cody we're shaping up for a really chaotic off season and hopefully it's chaotic in the fact that man there's a lot of change coming but look just wait for all these pieces to come into place you're going to like what you see at the end it's just going to be a little crazy at the beginning
0: It's a marathon, not a sprint. And look, I and this is where I think the frustrating part comes in for like you and I, because look, Broncos fans are impatient, rightfully so. They've been waiting eight years for this team to get back to winning, to get back to the playoffs, to get back in the conversation of contention and can't fault them one bit, right? But it's like, okay, when you keep changing things, you're going to have to require patience for this change. And and as hard as it is for me to say, okay, Broncos country, be patient, because I understand why they're impatient. But at the same time, when you have this change you have to give it time to formulate, especially if you're going to have a bunch of new faces, like this whole situation with Russell Wilson, the contract that's going to impact Denver in so many different ways that we haven't even dove all the way into it yet. We haven't even seen the effects of that yet. We will. And we'll talk about it obviously as it happens, but it's going to require some patience, which I know is an impossible thing to ask here of Broncos country, but somebody has to do it, we'll be the ones that try to ask that and obviously hope their demand change at the same exact time here. But Broncos country in 8-9 and nine season cements a wild finish to the year. What are some of the things that we're going to look back on here that defined a little bit of this season and also sets the table for the offseason? That's something that Sarah Benninger and myself are going to dive deep into here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Today's Locked On Broncos post-game report is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, especially as the NFL playoffs are approaching us for Wild Card weekend. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed when you just place a $5 bet. So if you sign up as a new customer, you place a $5 bet you're going to get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. And the app is super easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and it's the best way to find popular parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. And more. They also have player props, spreads, over/unders, things that you can get involved in. Especially as you talk about even any-time touchdown scores in some of the wild card games that are coming up this weekend. So make sure you get in on the action and check it out. Visit fanduelcom on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter action here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, just want to say once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for rocking with us all season long from week one to week 18. And for those of you that are going to rock with us from week one through week 18, all the way through the entire offseason leading up to training camp and to the start of next season, those you make us every day or year round, we appreciate you so much. We're going to be here. We're going to be delivering content. We're going to be creating engaging, insightful conversation about changes that this Broncos football team needs to make. And we want you to be part of what we have going on here every single day, all year long, as we continue on here, Lockdown Broncos. Sarah, I mean, eight and nine finish to the season. As disappointing as another losing season is, I think we have to just hit pause for a minute. I think we have to talk about this. The fact that this team was one in five and they were losing the way that they were at the beginning of the season, to get to the point where it's okay, hey, they still found a way after being one and five to win seven more games to finish the season with eight wins and have a chance. And and they had opportunities to get double-digit wins this season, to be honest with you. They let several games slip through their fingertips. that could have just changed the entire dialogue and the discourse that we're going to have to set the table for the offseason here. To look back on this season, it truly was, I think, by definition, a roller coaster.
1: It really was. I mean, there's a lot to process kind of emotionally. I mean, Shoot, Cody, I put my Denver Broncos jacket back on at one point this year. I was having Victory Monday outfit checks. You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> those were back in 2023. So, I, I can't sit here and say that this t- season was a total loss from my perspective, right? I mean, of course, we evaluated a number of different ways. We evaluate it from the standpoint of, hey, you are what you are, like Sean Payton said after the game. And the Broncos were 8-9. and nine. They missed the playoffs. They got eliminated. They're third place in their own division. But but and there's a big but there Broncos were also one of the healthiest teams in the NFL this season they also had a stretch where man the defense was playing some dominant football they 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 made They made it interesting in the AFC West. They were a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. You beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the first time since 2015. You won a road game against Buffalo, who might now be the number two seed in the entire AFC. You had quality wins against teams like the Green Bay Packers, who are now making the playoffs, and a number of others. Like, this Broncos team has good coaching. I think the coaching maximized the talent on the roster. And unfortunately, it ended a little messy, right? You 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 lost that game to Houston. That game right there was probably that one pivotal turning point in the season where first and goal from the eight-yard line, you can't cash it in that game, I think, could have changed the entire trajectory. You go back and change one moment, it would be to score a touchdown right there. So for me, Cody, there's this is a layered discussion. What the I can't just sit here and say, it was a success, you know, easily. Obviously Mm -hmm. a success. You were three games better, and I'm not going to sit here and say, that was a total failure. You didn't make the playoffs. You didn't live up to the Pat Bowlin standard. That's bull crap for people who think like that. Of course, you want the Broncos to be great, but we have to evaluate this team based on where they were, which was the embarrassment and laughing stock of the NFL last season, now to being a legitimate team that was that's beat contenders in the AFC, that's beaten really good teams, that has good coaching, that's got a positive trajectory moving forward. I know there's a lot of question marks, but man, there was a lot of good this season, along with a lot of a lot of more bad.
0: And I think we saw a lot of young players develop too, right? I think Nick Benito taking the biggest jump that he did from last season to this year. I mean, you mentioned the first year coaching staff. The fact that you have an entirely new coaching staff really outside of two coaches, Christian Parker, Marcus Dixon, and for Denver to have the success that they did at times this season with a brand new staff. And at times a younger staff in a lot of areas, I think that was impressive there. Obviously coaching wasn't the greatest thing for Denver this year, but it was much more improved than what we saw from last year. Coaching was improved. Coaching obviously can be used. Also they lost some games due to coaching, but that's the NFL that's everywhere. I mean, Sarah, we're sitting here right now after the Broncos lose their season finale, right? And I'm also looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. Look at the Jaguars where they were at. They were firmly in contention. They were firmly in front in their division this season. They won a streak of losing games. They're now out of the playoffs. And all of a sudden, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They got off to the hot start that they did. And all of a sudden, they might be a team that's won and done inside the NFL playoffs. So there are teams out there that are maybe in better circumstances than Denver is but are maybe worse off down the road, right? And I we do not know what this offseason is going to bring here. And we don't know what to expect. We know that there's going to be change. We know that the Broncos are going to be handicapped a little bit in a lot of areas. But does that mean that next season is really, you know, 2024? Does that mean that 2024 is, is something that Broncos fans shouldn't look forward to? I think anytime that a season ends, you reflect on what was, right? This season wasn't what Broncos country had wanted, but I don't think it was a season that Broncos country had expected themselves to be honest with you. I think there was good surprises. There were bad surprises and there were revelations. I say, okay, Hey, you know what? As bad as this team was in certain areas, they still had eight wins and they had several games slip through their fingertips, three or four games that could make the difference between them having 11 wins, them having obviously maybe even a couple of less wins overall. You know, some of the games they benefited went the other way. What I'm trying to say is, to your point of the Broncos beating some teams that are considered contenders, that are playoff teams this year, I, they overachieved in a lot of areas. And I think that is a great sign about maybe some of the young guys to come. Now, there's obviously questions about offensive line protection. What does it look like? Quarterback, how does the offense play better? Is the defense going to be the same? Like we, we have all these questions, but we can't focus on those what-ifs right now because those haven't happened. What we can focus on is this team – And I want to ask you this question as we close off. Do you feel like, even though that they lost this game, do you feel like this team in some way, shape, or form are heading off in the right direction? Me, personally, I feel like there are areas where, yeah, I feel a little more confident about the direction they're heading. I think special teams-wise, I think Denver's in a great position going forward. Defensively, they still have talent. They still have playmakers. What they do in free agency is going to impact that. But I'm confident in a little bit of the direction, even though that right now it may not seem like it with all the proposed changes coming forth.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very and maybe at this point bordering on overly very confident in Sean Payton and the program that he's running, Cody. I really am. I feel like I mean, he's one of the all time great NFL head coaches, in my opinion. You and I talked about that in the lead up to when he was even being hired or considered to be hired by the Denver Broncos. Like the thought of even acquiring him at this point a year ago. Remember all the discussion one year ago at this point was that well, Sean Payton's not even going to want to come to Denver because they got Russell Wilson, right? He's not even going to want to consider coaching there or the Broncos aren't going to trade a first-round pick. Like, they're not going to be able to trade for him. They need, Like, people didn't even think that Sean Payton would want to be in this organization. That's how highly they thought of him because they thought this organization was such trash after 2022. But look, he's come in, and I think he's turned the ship around. And so that's the first part of it, right? Is like, you can't automatically just be at your next destination, you you've got to first turn the ship around. And I think that's exactly what happened in 2023. We saw the ship get turned around. And you're now pointed the right direction. Can you keep heading that direction? Cause there's going to be opposition along the way. I mean, there's going to be hurdles along the way like you mentioned Russell Wilson's contract, the offensive line, the protection issues, free agency, the NFL draft, not really at 12th overall, not really in a great position there. So, I mean, where, what direction are you going to, are you going to stay going that direction? Can the Broncos do that? That's what I'm fascinated to see, but I do think they turned the ship around in 2023.
0: Broncos country, we want to know how you feel. Unfortunately, the season is over. That doesn't mean our season ends. Lockdown Broncos is going to continue coverage here every single day all year long. We got some important things coming up. Obviously, there's going to be the Super Bowl. that's coming up. I'll be at Radio Row. We'll have a chance to maybe see and catch up with some Broncos players there. And on top of that, free agency is approaching. So you get all of our player profiles, previews managing a discussion of the Russell Wilson contract situation, what that's going to look like. And also the NFL draft is also coming up in April as well. Why have you covered? And then guess what? After that OTAs begin folks. And then there's an off period training cap. So even though that the off season is now beginning, it's going to be back sooner than you realize. And we'll be the bridge that gets you there every step of the way here. Lockdown Broncos you every day or Sarah Benninger, myself will be back tomorrow for another episode of the show to break down the aftermath of the 2023 NFL season.